this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. In the last segment of the show, we're going to get around to your calls, get your response to today's topic. Um, and who are we kidding? Whatever else you want to talk about, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can say, hey, this is what we're talking about. You're like, okay, then. And then just whatever. So we'll see um, okay, how it all goes. Okay, then. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, then. Um, so anyway, we'll talk about that. Before we get into our discussion today, yes. let us continue reminding mm-hmm. our listeners of the Marriage Family Life Conference happening at the end of June. Yes. Marriage Family Life Conference uh, happening June 24th to the 26th. Uh, we we are uh, excited. Uh, we're we're going to have some interviews that's going to take place, some interviews where you'll be able to hear uh, some of the uh, speakers that's going to be speaking coming up real soon. Yeah. But you can go and register at marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. And remember, this is an event for the whole family. We're going to kick off that first night, that Thursday evening, uh, with a, a panel discussion uh, view of, of a little video footage and also a discussion about In His Image. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to have Dr. Michael Brown, who will be a part of that, hosting that panel, as well as uh, Kendra White and uh, uh, Michael Perkins. Uh, and also, um, we're going to have Laura Perry and Stephen Black, and, mm-hmm. and who took part in a documentary, just talking about this issue. And if you have questions concerning In His Image and just uh, just those uh, topics of, of sexuality, man, this would be a great time to uh, to come out. I think it's going to be very, very uh, uh, informative and anointed, I believe, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and so that's how we're kicking things off, but it's going to, it's going to be a great conference. We have something for the, the children as well. The youth apologetics track from ages four to 17. Uh, they're already set, uh, to go, uh, the teachers and the volunteers. And so it's just going to be a great time for the family. Go to marriagefamilylife.net to register. And our early, uh, registration is still on till April 1st. And so you can get it at a discounted rate right now if you go and uh, register today. Yeah, um, I think it's also important to note that on the night that we are kicking off the event with the panel discussion and presentation, uh, we recognize that that content and that conversation yes, may be a little bit advanced mm-hmm. and unsuitable or not suitable for uh, younger listeners. And, yes. and so parents, um, being mindful of this, we have um, set up for a separate apologetics event to happen on that Thursday night for mm-hmm. our youth apologetics track. So when the um, main session is kicking off, the youth apologetics track is kicking off as well with a presentation from Dr. Jason Lyle, mm-hmm. um, who is formerly of Answers in Genesis of the Institute for Creation Research. And he is going to be teaching them things that I only could have dreamed of learning at their age. <laughs> Yeah, man, he seems Let's like a very smart dude. Uh, um, <laughs> Christian astrophysicist. <laughs> understatement of the year. Like, I just, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And look, no <laughs> knock, because we had we had amazing leaders in the faith 
who, you know, they did what they thought was best and they were really mm-hmm. trying to help us, you know, grasp the faith. And, and, and so I'm so grateful, you know, for the things that I did learn, yeah. you know, you know, and, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> um, I got to tell you, this though, when level. I when I this is just A different. Nother... <laughs> OK, you know, I, you know, I just I'm trying to I'm thinking of like our six year olds and our seven year olds and our mm-hmm. 12 and 13 year olds mm-hmm. saying things like, excuse me, Dr. Lyle. <clears throat> you know, what? I mean, just you know what I mean? Yeah. Like f- for well, me. And look, listen, listen for me. And this was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, Sister Jenkins, um, I was just. <laughs> Can I have a peppermint? No, <laughs> oh sister jenkins is like and i gave you one and i taught you the truth and you better praise god amen um holiness tell your mama amen come on amen um so i'm excited about this because this is what we must do yeah this is what we should be doing we should be equipping our kids not just kind of pushing them aside and saying now listen parents we have to learn this and then you know you guys when it's your turn then you can you know have the presentations by the doctors and you know you you understand what i'm saying not that that is the thing Mm -hmm. but by people who are steeped in their various uh disciplines yeah who have applied themselves to this for the glory of god our kids are worth that they're worth that. They're worth that they get this kind of information that they can then bring with them out into the culture and provide um, a robust defense of the faith. And yes. I'm just I'm, I'm so excited. Man, I'm, I'm we glad. should all be excited. This is yeah. what we need to do. You know, yeah. we always talk about how the other side, they're indoctrinating our children. Oh, my goodness. And, they, Left and they're right. taking every chance that they can get, you know, yep. to indoctrinate. Man, well, mm-hmm. we have to stop playing defense all of the time. Like, let's play that's some right. offense. Let's attack. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, and let's let's be good. on the side where we are making gains, you know. And this is yep. a way, I, I believe, to really uh, do that. You know, it don't stop here. We have to do this mm-hmm. stuff in our home. We have to disciple our, our children. But this is just an, an aid, you know, uh, to what hopefully you're already doing. And so yeah, I, I go good. to marriagefamilylife.net, register. And uh, I, I really believe this will be a blessing to your whole family Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, I think we're going to have to say what we said um, in conferences past. We, we'll have to say um, no trying to sneak into the children's track. Right. Like no <laughs> no trying to sneak in and, and you know, be a part of the children's track. That's an inside joke uh, that I just put out there. Anyways. All right. Um, so marriagefamilylife.net. Yes. Marriagefamilylife.net. We, we want to meet all of you there. Um, and we want to meet your children and just share the Lord together Amen. as we stand firm in the faith, the one faith that's been handed down to us. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I get excited about stuff like this. All right. Mm. Um, let's turn our attention to the discussion today. And this is another one of those discussions where I want to um, be careful. I want to take my time. I want to show respect and um, in the discussion. But I do. I want to disagree. I was reading an article I, well, I want to I want to disagree and I want to agree because okay. there are aspects of the article All that right. I say, oh, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, and then there are things that I see that I say, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to have a conversation around that. And um, in addition to that, well, I'll, I'll I'll talk about that when I get to that point. Let's just dive into the article, shall we? Shall we? Yes. This is <laughs> this is from the Christian Post. Um, and uh, it, John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. Um, Quote, I wouldn't fight for religious freedom because I won't fight for uh, for idolatry. Okay. so I read this article um, and I kind of uh, tucked it away and I I was thinking about it and just kind of processing it, which is what I do. Sometimes I I don't ever go back to the articles. Um, I just go, "Eh, I don't know if I really want to talk about that, you know, Mm -hmm. and then but this one is one that I just thought, man, 
I want to have a conversation around this article, okay? Because there are some aspects of Pastor John MacArthur's comments recently made um, that I think are good and right. Mm. And I think, you know, I agree with him. In fact, we have had some of the same objections to Christians navigating culture, you know, mm-hmm. uh, formulating alliances and joining hands with right. people who stand in opposition right. to the faith Amen. for expediency sake. Mm-hmm. I just disagree with that. Mm-hmm. And so I agree with Pastor MacArthur that we should not be doing that. Yes. Um, but <laughs> but um, I will say this, and, and this is the topic of the show. Religious freedom isn't vanity. Mm. Religious freedom isn't vanity. It's precious. And so I disagree. Well, let's read the article. Okay, Okay. here we go. Christian Post. Here we go. Christian Post. Okay. While studies show most Americans support religious freedom as a core component of American cultural values, Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California, said um, he doesn't support it because it allows idolatry. During his State of the Church address, Pastor MacArthur urged evangelicals to stop forming alliances with non-Christian groups to promote religious freedom because they don't need it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in that, in that one line, mm-hmm. um, I both agree and, and, and disagree. slightly disagree mm-hmm. with commentary. Okay? okay. So I agree that Christians must, should, and should have never formed alliances with groups that stand in opposition to our faith. Yes. I agree. I agree with that. We, don't do we that. have said that many times right. behind these microphones. We agree with that. Um, no, we don't need religious freedom mm-hmm. in the sense of the gospel will stop and collapse if no. we don't have religious freedom. Not so. Right? Not so. Not so at all. So I agree with that. Mm-hmm. However, in the wisdom of God, we have religious freedom and it has aided in the advance of the gospel in ways that we may never be able to measure on this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, in addition to that, um, no, I don't think that the spread of the gospel or the advancing of the kingdom of God is um, at the mercy of America's religious liberty, mm-hmm. right? Um, however, and I will say this again as we get to the end of this article, religious liberty is not just for the Christian. Now, let me say this. When I say religious liberty is not just for the Christian, I am not talking about the blanket protections enjoyed by other religious groups that would include any type of idolatry or whatever, or I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. And I think that that is what pastor MacArthur is standing against. Let me make a bigger point. And and I want our audience to think about this and then we'll get into pastor MacArthur's uh, comment. And then we will look at biblical example. Okay. Okay. Biblical example for how we navigate a society where we have been blessed and afforded certain rights and why those rights must be important. And and so we'll take our time as much as we can and do this. But first, let me say this. Religious liberty is not just a benefit to Christians. And so therefore we must fight for it. Hmm. Let me say this. (laughs) Religious liberty Mm -hmm. 
is a benefit to non-believers or would-be pre-believers mm. have not yet come to faith. Yeah. Because when you live in a culture where there is the freedom to express and to live according to your deeply held religious beliefs, there is by extension a conviction that goes out into society. Mm -hmm. And it allows for people who are living in open rebellion against God to come face to face with Christians, people who fear God, who are living according to that reverent fear of God mm -hmm. and so provoke them that, man, prayerfully, they arrive at the place where they're like, wait a minute, what must I do? Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. You're, are, you, are you saying that there is a God who created me and has a standard of living for me? <laughs> so when we are saying we don't need religious freedom, that is true in the sense that we understand how the gospel proliferates. Of course that is true. Yeah. I mean, the gospel spread before religious freedom. Yeah. Um, and hello, <laughs> and before it's still America. And it's yes. still spreading other parts of the world, like, you know, all over. Absolutely. That don't so, have religious so, freedom. <laughs> so Pastor MacArthur is absolutely right about right. that, and I agree with that 100%. Right. But I think that when we are fighting for religious liberty as Christians, we must not only think that we are fighting for our own sense of security and safety, we must also think of the proliferation of the gospel, not that you need religious freedom for the gospel to proliferate. I cannot stress that enough, mm -hmm. but there is a, a sort of a common grace mm. that those who don't know Christ are able to experience when they live in a culture where there is religious freedom, where mm. there is religious liberty. It serves as a type of um, a, a reigning in for immorality that would run rampant, right? <laughs> Where people are able to say, that's that's wrong. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. It's a it's a built-in, um, <laughs> if you will, shame button. <laughs> okay? That that because a person can feel shame, they can repent. When we no longer live in a culture where people feel shame and there is expressed right and wrong and people are freely communicating this and they're not forced to endorse wickedness and sin or have to decide between that and their businesses there is a grace that is extended to the person who otherwise might never ever have to come face to face with the fact that they are offending the holy and righteous creator hmm. alright let's continue this conversation on the other side of the break Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio we'll be right back Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I will move a little more quickly through this article. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and as Zach Williams with Fear is a Liar. Wonderful song. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll get to your calls in the last segment. 
um, talking about Pastor John MacArthur, who recently said um, during his State of the Church address that he would not fight for um, religious freedom um, because he would not fight for idolatry. It allows for idolatry by extension. So, um, and then certainly, and I agree with this 100%, would not be joining in any sort of alliance with organizations or people who uh, stand in opposition to our faith. I mean, mm-hmm. that to me is absolutely, like that should be a no-brainer, but it isn't. It isn't. So I think that's one of those things where you have to say it. You think it goes without saying, but in, in America, you have to say it. Um, I want to pick up with his comments here in this article. This is a Christian Post article. We will post the link in the show notes so you can mm-hmm. go to AFR.net and get the podcast uh, link there and then also get this article. Pastor MacArthur again here, I'm quoting, the gospel offends the sinner and seeks to break the sinner's comfort and contentment by bringing him into stark realization of the eternal judgment of God. Evangelicals have become like Peter. They are looking for alliances with Satan that they think somehow can aid the kingdom. I told our congregation a few weeks ago that I could never really concern myself with religious freedom. I wouldn't fight for religious freedom because I won't fight for idolatry. Why would I fight for the devil to have as many false religions as possible and all of them to be available to everyone? (laughs) End quote. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. An interesting perspective about it. It really is. And, And I think for pause for a moment. And just think about that, because I, I, I think, look, that is obviously, I mean, we're discussing it. It's a worthy exploration mm-hmm. to think about what Pastor MacArthur is saying there. OK, so I, I, everybody just kind of process that for a second. And then I'm going to continue on um, back to this article here. Um, Pastor John MacArthur noted that even with religious freedom, Christians have continued to be the target of, host- of the hostility of sinners. OK, that's that's fair. It's accurate. All right. Back to the article. Mm -hmm. Quoting Pastor John MacArthur here again. Well, people would say that's a terrible thing to say. What about Christianity? Christianity advances whether there is religious freedom or not. And there'll always be religious freedom for all the lies. Every false religion is going to be free because it's linked to the kingdom of darkness that operates in the world. Again, mm-hmm. this, this is true. This is all true, right? <laughs> yeah. And Christians, whatever the label of religious freedom might be in its broadest sense, Christians are always the target, even when religious freedom, um, even with religious freedom of the hostility of sinners. So they're always the target of the hostility of sinners, even with religious freedom. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of paraphrasing there for re- uh, readability. All right. Um, continuing on, quoting Pastor MacArthur here. The apostles turned the world upside down with no help from it. No social action, no alliances. The evil kingdom of darkness hates what God loves and loves everything that God hates. And the kingdom of darkness is never a friend to the light. Even rulers have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They function under the liar Satan himself, who is the liar and father of lies. There is absolutely no reason for us to make any alliance with them, he said. All right. Now. Let's do this. So as I was, hmm. <laughs> here's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I went to dig out my, um, my spiral bound notebook here <laughs> where we went through the book of acts with mm. our children. Yes. Okay. Great time. Um, <laughs> yes, it was a great time. We enjoyed it thoroughly, but it took, it took a minute to get through it because of the way 
um, because of the way we study the Bible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so as I was reading this, I thought, you know, the statement that Pastor MacArthur makes here is not a statement that follows a straight line. And so there are multiple objections here that I think have to be addressed um, in isolation, sort of. Like you, you have to isolate this one objection and speak to it and then look at the other objection and speak to it. And, and, and I think that requires time. So I want to go back to this very last paragraph that I read here. Um, and, and this is where I will aim my objection with a biblical defense. Okay, so come with me. I will aim my my objection here and then but I will provide a defense for my objection with the word of God, which is what we do on this program. All right. Mm -hmm. So, again, quoting Pastor MacArthur, he says the apostles turned the world upside down with no help from it. No social action, no alliances. The evil kingdom of darkness hates what God loves and loves everything that God hates. And the kingdom of darkness is never a friend to the light. Even rulers have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They function under the liar, Satan himself, who is the liar and father of lies. There's absolutely no reason for us to make any alliances with them. Let me first isolate what I agree with because there's no reason for me to unpack my agreement. Okay. <laughs> like people are, don't usually require you to defend your agreement. Right. Not usually. It's usually <laughs> you're defending your objection or your mm -hmm. disagreement. Mm -hmm. So I agree that Christians should not form alliances with people, places, ideas <laughs> that are antithetical to the faith. And what, I com agree what with comes that. to my mind is the, um, uh, what is it? Pro-life evangelicals for, for Biden. Um, <laughs> that sounds like babbledy book to me. Like, I don't even know what you mean when you say that, that, that really, truly, I, I have to say, like, I have, um, I don't know. I've avoided even that. Like I'm, you know, I see the headlines and I just, <laughs> please forgive yeah. me, but I find that so ridiculous that I cannot devote too much time to it. Not right. in my thinking, it's... certainly not in speaking. I just don't understand. No, I don't. And so, before I am too overly simplistic in my, you know, dismissal of it, I just assume not talk about it because I feel like for me to say something, I would make some assumptions about the people who had shown allegiance to the yeah. Biden administration, um, believing that they were going to be like the champions of life. Um, yeah. I just don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, to I just me, don't that's believe just they so could, like, they could really yeah. believe that. I just yeah. don't. But anyway, that's yeah, not the point of, I, you know, I just threw that out as an example. No. Yeah. And now you look, you got me going. <laughs> Let me, but, to me, I'm trying to think of how I would um, caricature that type of alliance. You know, it, it's it's almost like um, Wiley Coyote holding his hands out like to hold the anvil. Like, you know, like meet me like he just like it's almost like the the anvil is meant for you. Mm -hmm. um, but you'll hold it for a second. It's mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like hold it while like <laughs> Wiley Coyote is holding it while like the Roadrunner ties his shoes. I don't know. It just to me, it's like does not make sense. Not and so all. when I think of that, I'm just like, I, 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 yes, it's, it's too fruity, just too fruity. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, all right. So back to this. Yes. So, so that I agree with, we mm -hmm. do not join hands in any type of allegiance with people who stand in opposition to the faith. Right. All right. Um, we don't do it, but here is my objection. And, okay. and, and I want to throw this out and I, I want us to have a little bit of a discussion around mm -hmm. it. 
I'm open to when we open the phone lines, people saying, no, I agree with Pastor MacArthur. Um, but here, let me make my case. So I don't agree that the apostles turned the world upside down without, and I, I want to be very careful in how I, I'm not comfortable <laughs> using the word help. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Um, but I'm not sure that the Bible displays for us the apostles um, navigating the world without the use of its systems. Hmm. Now, not not saying that um, we have to create these systems or we have to worship these systems, but there is a certain shrewdness and a wisdom that you see in the scriptures. And I'm thinking specifically of the apostle Paul. Yeah. yeah. And to say, to just jump to the end and tell you where I'm going and then work our way back looking at the scriptures. Mm-hmm. When the apostle Paul, when you get to about Acts, Acts 21, mm-hmm. Acts 21 is where the introduction of the apostle Paul in the earlier chapters And as we are kind of chronicling his use by the Lord, like how the Lord is using him, when you get to Acts 21 Mm -hmm. and go all the way to the end, okay, Acts 21 to Acts 25, you see the reason in in such like, man, God's wisdom should not be limited to just um, supernatural displays where you're like, and look at what God was doing and, and, Mm-hmm. There are some practical sort of everyday use things that God does mm-hmm. that displays his wisdom, mm-hmm. right? So his choice of Paul, yes, it is dramatic because of who he was, but his choice of Paul is also dramatic because of who he was. Mm. Okay. Okay. You see that? So my first who he was, was that he was a terrorist. He was terrorizing the church. Okay, so God's use of him, his his choosing Paul is Mm -hmm. that is dramatic. Mm -hmm. Okay, that that this man who, you know, has never or did not forget who he was. That was something he carried around with him persecuting the church. And sometimes we mistake that as some sort of glossy eyed boast when Mm -hmm. really I think that the Apostle Paul agonized over that. That's who I that's what I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also. He was um, Saul of Tarsus, mm-hmm. okay? And um, all of his pedigree was used by God on purpose. Mm-hmm. So do you understand that the wisdom of God has got to predate Paul's conception? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, look, look, it will take a lifetime for us, right? <laughs> it, it will take, because this, this is what we're talking about yeah. when we talk about the wisdom of God. Mm. So listen. So in Acts chapter 21, mm-hmm. and, and I'm amazed by this, and when we studied through the book of Acts, this was actually, and I, I went back to the notebook that we went through with our kids. When we studied through the book of Acts, at Acts 21, Acts 22, is where we broke off in our study and we began to talk about Paul knowing his rights as a Roman citizen. Mm-hmm. And we began to talk about how, so we asked a few questions. Okay, here were the questions. Where do our rights come from? What is the role of government as it relates to our rights? And then how does knowing our rights aid in the spread of the gospel? Mm -hmm. How did it aid Paul? 
So now as we're reading through and we see these instances where Paul is asserting his rights, we see that Paul is using, if you will, a political system that actually puts him at an advantage and he uses that for the proliferation of the gospel. He doesn't just suffer unjustly and and remain silent saying, oh, well, you know, (laughs) yes, 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 beat me and yes, yes, carry me away and oh, suffering for the Lord. No, that's not what we see. Now, it was not a self-interested declaration of what his rights were, but what is in view is the gospel, right? So in Acts chapter 21, You have Paul has traveled to Jerusalem. Remember, he says goodbye to the Ephesian elders. Um, He travels to Jerusalem and you've got these um, Jews that have come from Asia. Remember, the kids couldn't believe it. We're talking about these Jews (laughs) who've come from Asia. Mm -hmm. They've traveled to Jerusalem and now they're persecuting Paul there. They're like, wait a minute. There he is. (laughs) And and, and Paul has been trying to make things right. Remember, Mm -hmm. he he visits James and James is like, I'm paraphrasing here, guys. But James is like, yo, Paul, it's pretty hot around here. Okay, (laughs) word is that you are trampling all over the law of Moses and people are pretty upset about it. So listen, go do this. Okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take a couple guys. Okay, Mm -hmm. you're going to go help them fulfill their vows. And so 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 basically you're going to show that you are not the man they're accusing you of being. (laughs) Okay, so Paul goes to do that. Seven days go by. And then here are the Jews that have come from Asia to Jerusalem. And they're like, it's him. Mm. Hey, everybody, this is the man. Mm -hmm. This is the man who is upsetting all of Israel. This is the man right here. And so they come over and there is no small uproar. And here (laughs) these men are circling Paul. And then, of course, the Romans who are there to keep the peace, uh, they come over to keep the peace. And I'm going to pick up reading here. That is a very meeky translation paraphrase (laughs) here. All right. In the interest of time. So here we go. I'm going to start it. This is Acts chapter 21, verse uh, verse 31. And as they were seeking to kill him. okay. As they were seeking to kill him, word came to the tribune of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. He at once took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the tribune uh, and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? Then the tribune came up and arrested him and ordered him to be taken bound with two chains. He inquired who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowd were shouting one thing, some another. And as he could not learn the facts because of the uproar, this is chaos, guys. Mm -hmm. He ordered him to be brought into the barracks. And when he came to the steps, he was actually carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd. (laughs) For the mob of the people followed, crying out, away with him. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the tribune, may I say something to you? (laughs) And he said, do you know Greek? Are you not the Egyptian then who recently stirred up a revolt and led 4,000 men of the, of the assassins out into the wilderness? Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia. Listen, guys, Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no obscure city. <laughs> I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. And when he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great hush, 
he addressed them in the Hebrew language. And then chapter 22 goes on with what he said. We got to grab the break. When we get back, we'll pick up right here. Stay close. Just to be close to you. Hey, yeah. Just to be Welcome back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Fred Hammond. Yes, Fred. Just to be close to you. My goodness, I don't care what you think about what you think. <laughs> you hear that song, you start thinking about the goodness of God and how much you need him. <laughs> okay, anyways, welcome back. We don't have time to be torn up right now. We have to focus. <laughs> All right, torn up. Um, Sherry B over in Studio CC. I'm I'm gonna try to get to calls, but right now I I, I would like us to explore that it might not happen. Okay, because I'm looking at what I, I still have left. My case. I had to make my case. All right. <laughs> so before we went to the break, we were talking about religious freedom and fighting for religious freedom, and I'm specifically responding to Pastor MacArthur and his talking about the apostles who turned the world upside down, mm-hmm. and he says with no help from it. And he says, no social action, no alliances with which I agree. We've already been over it. Mm-hmm. Not going over it again. Um, but now I'm defending my objection biblically. Okay. So I'm talking about the Apostle Paul. The first thing he does is um, when he's uh, brought out of this melee, okay, where, I mean, he's being beaten. Guys, I just, just, it's so important for us to realize that we're talking about a real person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and here he is. He's, he's making his case uh, before the Jews. And, um, and, Part of the reason he starts to do that is because he speaks to this tribune in Greek. And um, and then he says, I'm a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no obscure city. Pause for just a second. When you study the scriptures and when you drill down, this is the initial indication that Paul is going to use his privilege. Hmm. Oh, is he now? <laughs> yes. This is the first indication that Paul is going to use his privilege. His referring to Tarsus in Cilicia is a specific reference that this tribune would have understood. Not trying to get too ahead of myself, but Tarsus in Cilicia, this was a free state. This was a free province, province meaning that it was a favored city in Rome, of Rome, of Rome, favored city of Rome. So that means that its, um, its inhabitants did not pay taxes. They they were wealthier. Um, they they had they had privilege. OK. And Paul, this is his first appeal. He's saying, I'm from Tarsus in Cilicia. Oh, OK. <laughs> so then he begins to speak and he speaks in Hebrew and he's talking and he is recounting for these Jews who who he is. I'm a Jew born in Tarsus and Cilicia. Um, and, and then he goes on and he talks about how the Lord Jesus has appeared to him and how he has received this truth. And, and, and let me fast forward here in the interest of time. In chapter 22, mm-hmm. he gets to um, basically the Lord is telling him to go because um, he's going to send him to the Gentiles. And at this, um, the Jews listening have had enough. That's that's when they just erupt and, and, and they're like, get him. All right. And so in verse 22, this is where we pick up up to this word. Um, they listened to him. Then they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. Mm. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and imagine? flinging you, dust into the this? air. 
<laughs> amazing. Listen, we when we studied through this with our kids, man, there were opportunities for so much animation. So much animation. Just see this, guys. All right? Flinging dust into the air. The Tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him like this. Here we go. <laughs> Verse 25. But when they had stretched him out for the whips... Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, is it lawful for you to flog a man who's a Roman citizen and uncondemned? Pause. Now, you know, Paul knows the answer. You know, he knows, you know, he knows what his rights are as a Roman citizen. He doesn't just, oh yeah, go ahead. Y'all whip me. Um, yes. Flog me. Um, Cause I want to be pious. He knows what his rights are. And you could consider this a world system, if you will, but he is now the beneficiary of it because mm. he's a Roman citizen. Yeah. So, <laughs> so verse 26, uh -huh. when the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said to him, what are you about to do? For this man is a Roman citizen. So the tribune came and said to him, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? <laughs> and he said, yes. The tribune answered, I bought this citizenship for a large sum. <laughs> <laughs> Paul said, but I am a citizen by birth. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him immediately. And the tribune also, listen, was afraid, was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. So he had violated Paul's rights he and Paul knew that he had violated Paul's rights and he was afraid. Why? Because in their system of government, Paul, as a Roman citizen, I didn't purchase this. I was born into this. <laughs> now he's afraid because he has violated Paul's rights. Listen, and this is what we walk through with our children. It is important for us as Christians to know the rights that we have. And here is what we pointed out to them in ancient Rome. You basically had two types of people, citizens and non-citizens. So what we did as we were going through our study was we pointed out for them mm -hmm. what the rights were of a Roman citizen. So what is it that Paul is referring to? Well, he's referring to his rights as a Roman citizen to vote, to hold office, to make contracts, to own property, to have a lawful marriage, to have children of any lawful marriage automatically become Roman citizens. The right not to pay some taxes, especially locally imposed taxes. Some areas just didn't even have it because this is like um, this is like Philippi. Philippi was another one of those areas that they didn't have the locally imposed taxes. It was favored by Rome. Tarsus, just like Philippi. Mm -hmm. They have the right to sue in court and, of course, also to be sued. Mm -hmm. They have the right to have a legal trial with the judge, the right also to appeal a decision, which you see Paul doing repeat repeatedly. Mm -hmm. And he's, this is how we ultimately get to the place where he's like, I want to see Caesar. So he uses his rights. And what is it that Jesus has already told him? Jesus has already told Paul that he has to go to Rome. Yeah. So do you think, do you imagine that it is taken into account that this Roman citizen who is Paul will appeal to his rights in getting to Rome? I want to see Caesar. So God, in his infinite wisdom, man, 
and his divine election has chosen to use Paul for more reasons than what immediately meets the eye. Yeah. Will the great. Well, just hearing that, and I agree totally with with that. Now, but I'm thinking what those who would make an argument that, man, religious freedom, that's something I wouldn't fight. Like what uh, Dr. Uh, MacArthur or Pastor MacArthur is saying, I think they would say, but that was what was in Paul's freedom was not religious freedom in those things that he were uh, free to do. And I think they would try to argue and say, and it would not be, you know, um, it would not help. They would not have religious freedom, you know? And so that the, the same does not apply. But one other thing I would say for us in America, where that is so, I don't see why this is difficult. And maybe I'm just too simple. I don't see why this is difficult to uh, uh, explain. I would just say that, yes, religious freedom can become an idol. Yes, it could. But my job as a pastor, as a leader within the church, as a brother in Christ, is to, you know, especially as a pastor, is to make sure that the people that I'm leading would understand that we don't, we don't, you know, practice in any idolatry. And so I think there should be warnings for people of faith to know that this stuff could become idolatrous. But there should be a warning that, you know, we this is not how we use this. But I think even with that mindset that it could be idolatrous, no, we, we use this. This is something that's been afforded to us, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, using our freedoms to advance the gospel. So I don't think it has to be this whole thing where, you know, I wouldn't stand up for religious freedom because I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't fight for idolatry. I think you warn the people as the pastor that, Hey, let's be careful not to let our religious freedom become idolatry because yeah. quite honestly, there, there may be a time coming soon. We're looking at this equality act where it's not there. <laughs> well, okay. So let me, let me go back. So I want to have a conversation around your comments okay. and, and you made two of them. I want yes. to start with the latter, the one that you just made. Yes. So I think that what, Pastor MacArthur is saying mm -hmm. is that he would not fight for religious freedom because he would not fight for idolatry. Not necessarily. I don't think he means that religious freedom becomes an idol. I think what he means is that fighting for other religions so for to practice. Yes. The but worship of a false God. Okay. I okay. think I think that's what he said. I could be wrong. OK, I could be wrong, but I think that's what he's saying. So I I'm so not is that sure. is that fighting yeah. for uh, Muslims? Right. Because you no, I, are I think, accepting religious freedom? I, I don't think so. And, and, and I look, there were many things that happened um, under, I will just call it Roman oppression, that just because Paul is appealing to the rights that he has, he is not in support of the oppression of Rome. I, I don't think that, to me, that seems like a, um, like, uh, a false choice. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Either mm -hmm. you are fighting for religious liberty or you are staying true to the Christian faith and saying that this is the only way to God. Mm -hmm. I don't think fighting. Now I'll tell you what I would not do. I would not sign on to any type of legal action that would be fighting for a mosque to right. be built. No, 
I wouldn't do that <laughs> as I know that some that. of our and, brothers and, have done. And, right. and and I'm like, now you're going, now you go too far. This is right. where I agree with Pastor MacArthur. Some of these alliances that have been formed in the quote unquote name of religious freedom, I think make a mockery of us. I'm not saying that's what we ought to do. But I want to go back to your first statement, hmm. too, and, and I want you to restate it for me because I want to make sure that I understand what, what okay. you're thinking the objection and, might be. Some people would say this is not the same thing. And before, before you go there, just another point about that, if it may be fighting for the, the freedoms of other religions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so why do I necessarily care if I know I have the truth? Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to be evangelizing with the truth. Like, we just do what we... Like, why yeah. am I worried about this person over here who is Buddhist having a, a freedom? Like, yeah. I yeah. know that what we have is powerful, that is, you know, spiritual. Like, it's, it's, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. So, like, why would I even be concerned, you know, with that? That's just... I agree. I agree. I don't think you have to be. I don't think you have to be. But I want to I wanna go back to the first statement. So mm-hmm. you're, you're saying that some, some objection... Um, or, or one objection might be that religious freedom is not the same thing as Paul appealing to his Roman citizenship. Is that, I want to make sure I understand that. Well, I would say, I would think some people would say, yeah, he did use his uh, uh-huh. citizenship, but included in that wasn't anything to do with religious freedom. Okay. But then, okay. Um, <laughs> so then I would respectfully say, so what? Like, I mean, well, so it that, I think they would say, so why, why, we, like, we can't use that today to, to hold up religious freedom if we want to use that example? Like, he was using. But he was appealing to all of his rights. What which, I'm saying yeah. is, he was appealing to all, his rights in, in this particular case. No, he's not talking about religious freedom. But listen, and this is, and you know this because we talked about this with our kids. We talked about what it means when we say we're American. Mm-hmm. We are talking about all of the rights and protections that we enjoy as Americans, all of them, all of them. So the Apostle Paul was appealing to all of the rights that mm-hmm. he enjoys mm-hmm. as a Roman citizen when he said he's a Roman citizen. Right. At that particular moment, he needed the right to be protected from unjust government punishment, right. which was a Roman citizen right. So he was not at that point. He was well. He wasn't appealing to, to be able to have property or to make contracts, mm-hmm. but all of that is a part of his Roman citizenship. So and I agree as with Americans, that. so, so, we, as so a, all of ours, should, you know, we should be able to stand under that, like all of our, the freedoms all that of we our have. protections, which include yeah, religious liberty, and 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 maybe in some instances, chief, you know, among them that that we are able um, to truly live according to our deeply held religious beliefs, not just worship according to our religious beliefs privately, mm-hmm, you know, you mm-hmm. know, with that, but that we are able to take that out with us into the marketplace. And right. and I, I guess my concern here is that when you say, not you, when one says that the gospel advanced without any help without from the world, help. like, yeah. right. I want to hesitate to say, that's true. It's not help in like 
Satan helped to advance the gospel. <laughs> right. But at the same time, God, in his infinite wisdom, yeah. allowed for the birth, if you will, of mm-hmm. the gospel and the proliferation of it in a time where the use of certain rights <laughs> aided in its yeah. advancement. And it's right there. We see it. No, we I, see I agree it. with that. I agree with that. So yes. I think to say, like, if what would it look like in this illustration with Paul if we say no help from the world? I think it would just be Paul being like, yeah, beat me. <laughs> oh, okay, you said no. Okay, then fine. I won't. Uh, I won't request yeah, to see yeah, Caesar. Yeah. But he didn't do that <laughs> nah, because he, he knew what, he, what his uh-huh. rights were. Yeah, I agree. And remember, he's got to get to Rome. Oh, Fifteen seconds is not enough time to <laughs> keep going on with you. All right, we are out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.